Hey, we're so thankful for Nikki. How many of you have just been impacted by the prophetic trainings on Wednesday nights? Yeah, come on. If you don't know what that is, next month, it's the third Wednesday. I don't have that date in my head right now, but it's the third Wednesday. Be here, 7 p.m. Wednesday night. It's going to be amazing. Can you guys extend your hands to Nikki? Lord, we just thank you. We bless her, Lord. And Jesus, we thank you for everything that she carries for this house. And Lord, even as, as the senior pastor, Lord, I just release her to step into all that she's called to. We release her to step into the fullness of what you have put inside of her, Lord. And we just bless her, Jesus. We bless her whole family, Lord. We bless what you're doing here at Convergence in the area of the prophetic, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for Nikki's heart that says that all sons and daughters will prophesy. We thank you for that, Lord. And we just ask you, Jesus, that you would move, Lord, that it would be your authority. And we just bless everything that you're doing, Lord. Can we just say we bless you? In Jesus' name, all right. Thank you, thank you. Charity, if you can go ahead and come up. I know, right from the beginning. Um, so honored. You guys are my family. Love you guys. Good morning, sons and daughters. That's what I heard this morning when I woke up. Not talking to ordinary people, talking to the sons and daughters all the way, all the way. So uh, <laughs> I just love the Lord and the way he talks to us. Andrew and I did not pre-plan every little detail, but you would think between him and the worship team, we did. And I, it's, it's precious because the Lord obviously is moving and speaking, and we get the joy of just surrendering. So I wanted Charity to share this testimony from uh, the prophetic training that kind of ties into <laughs> to what Andrew was feeling just now. So, yeah. So go ahead, Charity. Take it away. <laughs> well, I think to understand the testimony, you just need to understand about a month ago, I had my own uh, walking through the Red Sea moment with Jesus. And for those who do not know me, I have been at Convergence for about 12 years. We've served in various um, ministry here. And I have two small children. My husband, he's um, not here at the moment. He's out of class. But I have two small children ages 10 and 8. And my daughter um, has suffered severe allergies since she's been one. And those who are in my inner circle, they, they, they know. It's been a journey um, filled with a lot of traumatic experiences. And, um, and it's just not food allergies. It's environmental. It, it, it's a whole scope of things, you know, and, and uh, it's difficult for me to talk about it because I do feel like allergies is one of those things, unless you've experienced, it's kind of like, oh, that's an issue. You know, you just can't eat peanuts. And it's like, <laughs> when people ask me, what can, oh, what's your daughter allergic to? I said, it's, it's easier for me to tell you what she can't eat because her list is so small. And uh, um, I've had to rush my child out of grocery stores because something in the atmosphere has caused her to react in an anaphylactic way. So I literally will smell the atmosphere before I go in it just to make sure it's safe for my daughter. And so um, we have seen breakthroughs. There's been healings. There's, God has been really good. Um, past couple of months, we've experienced a little lot more. And... Um, for seven years, I have laid my hands on my daughter every single day and declared that she is healed at a cellular level. So this is no joke. So about a month ago, my daughter has, and she's had a few. A month ago, she had an allergic reaction, a pretty severe one, to one of her safe foods. 
and it broke me because it was oatmeal. <laughs> it's like oatmeal, <laughs> and I'm crying out to Jesus, and she's okay. You know, we get her, of course, taken care of. We know what to do, and she's okay. But I'm crying out to Jesus, and I was like, her list is already small, you know. And this fear and anger just sort of engulfs me. Because these thoughts, these waves, not the Holy Ghost waves that I like a lot, coming over me and just saying, God no longer heals. You know, and I have prayed. I have been faithful to the Lord since 13 years old. I have history with Jesus, with healings, and all kinds of wonderful things that I love to talk about. I don't like this part. And I'm sitting here questioning for the very first time in my innermost being, does God really heal? Because he hasn't healed my daughter. And I can't tell you how easy it was for me to lean in and just be like, you know, you're right. God doesn't heal. He'll just heal everyone else but not my family. And there was this small Holy Ghost word. It says, I will not doubt. I will not doubt that God heals. And I finally, and I, it was not pretty. It was not like, mm, yay. It was with grit and everything that I mouthed the words, I will not doubt that my God heals. I will not doubt that he is my deliverer. And I continue to say, God, you are healer. You are my deliverer. You are the God who sees. You are the God who redeems. You are my king. You are a good God. Even if you don't heal my daughter, I will not stop standing to say that you are the God who heals. Oh! That was my Red Sea moment. <laughs> I know Nikki doesn't even know that until after the prophetic night because I'm just so full of God, I help with prophetic night. <laughs> with the youth, who are amazing, love them. So Wednesday night, I'm supposed to go, and I honestly did not want to go. Like, I'm still holding with grit, you know. And that particular night, Nikki's like, our activation will be, what song is God singing over you, you know? What is he speaking over song? And uh, I, first I had Paige, which I don't know where she's at. And she's like, Charity, I just hear king of my heart. You know, it's so beautiful that you declare God's goodness. And I'm immediately back in that, that moment with Jesus, hanging on, declaring that he is good. And I am shocked. It's like, that is from God. <laughs> I turned after we have our session, because again, I work with, I help, over, help with the youth. And at first, my daughter, who's eight, she's with me that night. She's with her friend, I think Marlo. And I was like, Marlo, are you hearing a song from Jesus? So sweet. And she's like, I just hear Waymaker, Miracle Worker. I about lost it. Like, that's from Jesus. And then I go to, because we have to switch uh, partners, and I go to the next uh, youth. I think it was Sweet Bethany. And I was like, Bethany, she's prophesied over me. And I, I was like, Bethany, you know, what, what, what's Jesus singing? He's like, I just hear for you, Waymaker, Miracle Worker. Okay. <laughs> I think God was in the house that night, you know, affirming. And then later, and I was telling Nikki, I was like, I cannot believe, oh, what God was saying back over. And Nikki remembered, she's like, 
well, you know that part in the kingdom of my heart. He'll never let you down. And I just lost it, you know, that he will never let me down. He will never let my daughter down, you know. Yeah, that is just amazing, just amazing. And so we just, with that grace from charity, we just, again, agree with what happened today, that Red Sea moment was real. Like I said, Andrew didn't know I was going to have charity come up and share it, to strengthen hearts, to believe, don't give up. We just strengthen hearts to believe. Um, Andrew, would you just come and pray for healing for Liviana? I just kept seeing you pray for her. Yeah, is there anyone else in the room struggles with allergies? Just stand. If that's you. If you need healing for allergies. All right, Lord. Right now, we thank you that you're the healer. We thank you. I'm reminded of a testimony that I heard from some pastors of mine up in Frisco. And they said they had a woman come in and she couldn't eat almonds. If she ate an almond, she literally would have to go to the hospital. And all of a sudden, one morning, she found herself eating almonds and nothing happened because she was completely healed. And so, Lord, right now, we pull on that, Lord, that testimony. We thank you that the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, Lord. And right now, we thank you all allergies, Lord, any allergic reactions, Lord, to any foods, any, um, anything, Lord. We just ask you right now that you would completely eradicate allergies in Jesus' name. We thank you right now. We just ask you for peace to fill we ask you for strength. We ask you for healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you were the healer, Lord. And so this morning, we just receive your healing, God. We receive your healing. We ask you, Jesus, that there would be a restoration of the fact that we are made in the perfect image of God. Our bodies are restored. Our bodies are healthy. In Jesus' name, complete health, God. Complete health. Come on. Complete health, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We cry out for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That we would just begin to eat things that we could never eat in our lives and that nothing would happen, God, because you're healing us, because you're doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Woo. Thank you. So good. He's doing so much today. Amazing. Um, I wasn't going to share this part, but I, I feel like I should in light of the Red Sea stuff. So if you guys remember with Abraham in covenant, right, when God first made covenant with Abraham, um, took an animal, cut it in half, right? put half the animal on one side, half the animal on the other side, and then they walked through together, made covenant, right? You know everything is a foreshadowing of Jesus. The breaking of that animal, that, that sacrifice would become the lamb who was broken, and he took bread and he broke it, right? So the Red Sea moment was a foreshadowing, was a prophetic picture. To walk through the Red Sea is to walk through Jesus that was broken. They walked, on, they walked through Jesus. It was a prophetic shadowing of deliverance through the body of Jesus, that they were no longer slaves, that the enemies 
would be consumed by the body of Jesus that was split in half. And so you too, as a believer in Jesus Christ, have walked through the body. He took his bread. This is my body, broken, split. He was the lamb that literally crawled up onto the altar and allowed his body to be split wide open so we could walk through. And this is the hope we cling to today. While we wait to see things that have not manifested, what we know that we know that we know is that we've walked through. It's Jesus. He is the Red Sea moment every day. We just walk through him. And so we just thank you, Jesus, right now that we're not just remembering a historical moment in history. We're remembering you, Jesus, your body broken, your blood shed to be the miracle worker, way maker, promise keeper. In Jesus' name, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Again, I wasn't, didn't tell Andrew these are my references. I was going to reference slavery a lot today. But in Romans chapter 8, it says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That we are God's children. On Wednesday morning, I... Uh, I heard so clearly, it wasn't the audible voice of God, but it almost felt like it. And he said, it's time to break up with fear. And I hadn't heard that line in a while. I heard it uh, in spring of 2020 a long time ago. And I was like, Lord, are you saying this to me again? And he said, yes. And I'm saying it to the body. So when you speak on Sunday, say that, say it's time to break up with fear. I first heard those words in 2020, in spring of 2020, I had a dream, a very, very clear life-changing dreams. I've had many of those at key moments in my life. And in this dream, I was standing there and there was a, there was a leader, a, a woman that I knew that I wasn't friends with at the time. I'm now friends with her. And she saw who I was in Jesus. She saw my identity, right? She saw who I was as a daughter. And she was inviting me to, to stand in that place with her and with others as, as a daughter in my identity. This was not about being on stage. This was not about Woo, a big calling moment. The biggest call is for you as a, as a son or as a daughter. And I was standing there like, you know, there's this moment in the dream. And I'm like, really? Oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step into this, this next place of knowing, like, who I, who I am and living out who I, who I am. But at the same time in the dream, I turned. And it was as if another dream was happening in the dream. And I'm watching a woman in this really bad relationship with a bad guy. And he was, like, mean to her. He was just, he was saying the meanest things to her. He was just, like, treating her just cruelly. Like, it was bad. And I'm like, why is that woman with that guy? She needs to break up with him. Like, that's, he's just mean. And when, in the dream, I leaned forward, and I saw that the woman's face looked like mine. And, in, and I'm like, Lord, what, what does this mean? And he said, the man is fear break up with him. The man is fear, break up with him. What does this mean, Lord, when I woke up and I was like shaken to my core? You cannot walk as a son while you're operating like a slave. We are not slaves again to fear. That woman I saw was in bondage to fear. 
And fear is mean. Fear is abusive. Fear is tormenting. Fear is a liar. But it sure is familiar, isn't it? And just like, you know, as an outsider looking in, in that moment, you know, in my sound mind moment, fear is crazy, by the way. Fear does not make sense. You know, the sound, the sound mind, Nikki, the real Nikki, the daughter of God, Nikki, can look at fearful Nikki and be like, that's crazy, girl. You don't need to do that. But we do do it. I was doing it because it was familiar. Now, I just want to be clear, like, this was not my first moment not to, like, break up with fear. I believe this is an ongoing revelation of the love of the Father to us as sons and daughters. That, that's really the journey of Jesus, right? John 15, he says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, what's my job? He says, remain in my love. Stay, stay, stay in my love. It's love that casts out fear. So there's been an ongoing revelation as I've grown in Jesus, that's the growth, is the expansion of the knowledge of love that keeps displacing fear that doesn't need to belong to you any longer in this place of growth of love as a child of God, right? Yeah? And so like, but it gets familiar and we think, well, it's just, it's just what I've always known, but you, you can know more. When I was first married 21 years ago, Craig and I just celebrated 21 years of marriage. I love you, honey. I'm so thankful for you. Outside of Jesus, best decision ever made. Um, and I remember when we first got married. Now, many of you know, and those of you don't, I had an alcoholic, very abusive father. And uh, he, one of the things he was very abusive about was certain times I had horrible experience with him when I didn't clean things properly. Um, and so I'm newly married, right? I'm a brand new newlywed. And Craig comes home. And Craig is not my dad, right? He's not my dad. But what I'm familiar with experientially is my dad. What I've watched marriage, the way he treated my mom, these experiences were more real than the character of my husband. So I remember one time he came home and I hadn't done the dishes. And I immediately start, started apologizing to him. I was like, I am so sorry. I am so sorry I didn't get the dishes done. And he's looking at me like, Oh, okay, well, that's fine. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, it's okay if you're mad now. I mean, like, we're married. It's okay if you're mad. Like, this, I know, I know. It's like, that's crazy. But that was my experience that trumped the reality of a man that does not get angry and cruel when I don't do the dishes. And that's an extreme story, but it's true for every single person in this room. That there's experiences you've had that have trumped the reality of the love of the Father, of the love of Jesus and the reality of that. That, it, that the experience becomes bigger and more true than the person right in front of you, Jesus. And I remember as a young newlywed, I had to learn to grow in love and trust that that was more real than what I had previously experienced. And I can tell you that I did. Like, it took time. It took me, like, him, look, honey, I'm not your dad. And I'm not ever going to get mad at you if you don't do the dishes, like, ever. And I can tell you that is true. Not once. Last night, as further testimony, 21 years into it, the kitchen was a disaster and nobody got mad. 
Yeah, there's deliverance. That's growth. That's growing in love. Um, but that's been my life. My life journey in Jesus is these baby steps in love. I was telling a friend this past week, I'm like the queen of the baby steps. But that's growth. Jesus isn't worried about your perfection. He's wanting us to grow. And how do we grow, he says in John 15? We remain in his love. I'm standing on the stage right now talking about it because at 21 years ago, I decided to let go of fear about dishes and grow in love and let love cast out fear. Yeah? This is huge. This is so huge. And Jesus modeled this beautifully. He modeled what it meant to be a son, not a slave. He modeled what it meant to be a son fully loved by his father. And he did it brilliantly. He started his ministry. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And that defined him. He remained in his father's love as a son. In the middle of economic turmoil, it was terrible economic times, right? In the middle of horrible political mess all around him. In the middle of threats on his life, in the middle of even sometimes his disciples um, arguing, right? People leaving, sometimes they love him, sometimes they hate him. None of that he was a slave to. He was not a slave to the political system of the world. He was not a slave to temptation. He was not a slave to the religious people. He was not a slave to the fear of man. He was so rooted in remaining as a son. I am a son. I have a father. When they got hungry and they needed to buy bread, you have food that I have food that you don't even know about. And they're like, did he go out and buy bread already? Like, who got the bread? Did he get the bread? You were supposed to get the bread, you know? He was so connected. He did not waver at all in the confidence of himself as a son with a father who loved him dearly. And he went to the cross. As a son, not a slave. He went to the cross. You've got to hear me. As a son, not a slave. He says, he says in John chapter 10, he says, no one takes my life. I'm not a slave to anyone. I'm a son. I give it freely. You can't go where the father calls you to go. You can't be who the father wants you to be as a slave. It's only as a son or a daughter. Because when it gets hard, when there isn't bread and the economic situation is bad and the political news of the day is bad and it's all bad right now, guys, you'll act like a slave to those systems instead of a son and daughter dearly loved by a father who's got it. That is the key for not quitting. It's not whether or not I've seen the miracle. It's not whether or not this thing has worked out yet. The story isn't over. It's I'm a dearly loved daughter by a, dearly, by a father who loves me and gave himself for me freely. He who did not withhold his own son, will he not give you all things? He broke open his body. No one took his life. He, the high priest, the lamb of God, presented himself as the lamb and said, break me open as a son. 
And we are called to nothing less. When I'm prepping for this sermon today, I'm not crying out to preach the world's greatest sermon. I'm stepping in. I am a dearly, I'm a dearly beloved daughter, and he is well pleased in me. It's all that matters. Because otherwise, I, I serve and become a slave to the stage, or I become a slave to you and your opinion of me. And neither one is worthy of my devotion or attention, but my father. I'm a dearly beloved daughter in whom he is well pleased. I can, do, I can live as a daughter the way Jesus lived as a son. I say what the father is saying. I do what the father is doing. I'm, I'm with him. I am in him. And he is in me. And there's nothing that can part me from the love of God. Otherwise, I become a slave again to fear. It's time to break up with fear. The key moments of my life when he's speaking this to me, it's not about the next big thing I'm going to do. It's about me stepping into the next place of fullness of revelation of what it means to be dearly loved. And it takes power to do that, guys. In Ephesians, it says this. He's saying a lot of good things in Ephesians chapter 3. And he says, and I pray that you being rooted, this is 17, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be feel, filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's a lot of prayer about being strengthened in your inner man, about, about having that much power, because it takes that much power from Christ to understand the love of Christ. This is no small love. This love changes everything. This love casts out fear. It literally runs. This is the answer. So I pray right now that you may have power. There is power present right now in this room to begin grasping the love of God for your situation that's been keeping you in fear. That's how we break up with fear. We, we receive the power of Christ to see and have revelation of his love. That's a whole lot of power. He says it, he says it again in this way and to, first, and to Timothy. He says, and I have not given you a spirit of fear, but for he's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. It takes power, I believe, to know the love of God. And because of that, you have the sound mind to walk it out. We no longer have the crazy talk in our head that keeps us in an abusive relationship with fear. Yeah? That we receive power to say, I am so loved, I don't need that anymore. I, when you break up with fear, you're saying yes to the new relationship. You're not saying yes to the void. You're saying yes to the truth of his love. Fear is loud. Fear is intimidating. It wants your attention because it's pride and arrogance and it's weird. And love is gentle and kind in all good things, right? You know the passage in 1 Corinthians. So we turn. He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but he's giving you a spirit of power to grasp the depth of his love 
and it allows the sound mind to be activated underneath that power and that love. And we stop thinking the crazy thoughts. So I allow love, I allow the power of God to come into me, the, to, to awaken love in me, to have the revelation of love so that I know now as a sound mind, <laughs> my husband's never going to get mad at me for not doing the dishes. And step by baby step, I keep breaking up with fear. Jesus is so kind. He's such a good shepherd. He doesn't give me a to-do list and say, Nikki, I've been documenting you since you were born, and I've, I have a to-do list today of 101 things. Let's start at number two, and maybe we'll get to 80. He's not like that. He's such a good father. At the time when I first got married, all I could handle was the revelation that I was loved enough to not, to not receive anger for not cleaning my house perfectly. That's what I was ready for. I wasn't ready for this. I was ready for that. And let me tell you, that was life-altering. And it's year after year, day after day, of turning aside, breaking up with fear, and turning into love and letting that remain in me so that I may be rooted and established in love and experience the fullness of God. The fullness of God. The darkness is scary. You know, like, there's, all, there's something that each one of us is fa facing, and it's, it's dark, and it's weird, and bigger than what we feel like we can manage. At microchurch a couple weeks ago, one of the young girls that was in there, she shared so bravely about how she's scared of the dark, and she needs, she needs a light on at night um, to sleep. And I just was really impressed with her bravery to, to share that. And I was like, I used to be scared of the dark too, except it was like my late 20s that I finally got breakthrough. <laughs> I, I feel you, honey. I, I know all about keeping the lights on. And the Lord said in that moment, and he said, Nikki, so many of my kids right now, so many of my sons and daughters are scared of the dark. And I was like, like, the dark, dark? Like, the way she and I were resonating with one another? I got you, girl. I know what it means to be scared of the dark. I'm the queen of nightlights, queen of baby steps and queen of nightlights. Um, and he's like, no, they're scared of dark situations where they can't see they don't know what's going on. They don't understand. They're scared of the dark. And he's the master of turning the light on. He's like, he loves nightlights. He's a big fan of nightlights. I don't have to have a nightlight now. Again, my journey, breaking up with fear step by step, praise God. But he loves nightlights. In Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. 
I believe today God wants to hover over places of your life that are dark right now, that are scary to you, you can't see, you don't know, you don't know the way, the path forward. And he, the expert, wants to hover over those places that are, that are void and formless and do what he does best, let there be light. And the minute he says light, he begins causing it to form. He separates out confusion. He separates the darkness from you. And he calls things into existence that were not there before. He is light. He's so good at light. It says in John chapter 1 that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Yeah? In him all things were made. Nothing was made apart from him. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. He's not just sunlight. He is the light. He references the sun to give you faith and hope. It may be dark for a moment, but there's still stars in the sky, and the sun comes up because Jesus has come in the flesh and has dwelt among us, and his life is your light. And he is here today to start separating out dark things and say, you may not know all the answers right now, and you may not know the outcome, but you can know me. And in me is your life, and it is light, and it literally is just overcoming everything confusing to you. It's overcoming the doubts. It's overcoming the boogeyman that you feel is like, Right there, he's literally saying to the boogeyman, he is. He takes it seriously, y'all. He's not making fun of your fears. He's here to deal with them. Because he cares. He cared about me being scared about dishes. He's that good. He's that loving. He's the good shepherd who doesn't run when the wolf comes. He's willing to lay down his life for the sheep. He's willing to lay down the 99 to come chase after, after you. There's no mountain he won't climb up. No shadow he won't light up. No wall he's not going to knock down. No lie he's not going to destroy coming after you. Because you're his kid. You're the son. You're the daughter. And you're that big of a deal to him. And he takes seriously the enemy messing with his kids. And he's very kindly saying to each one of us today, break up with fear. Listen to me. Listen to my voice, children. My sheep know my voice and a voice of another they will not listen to. So his voice right now, that thought in your head that you think is too good to be true, it is actually, it's him. He's truth himself. It's as simple sometimes as saying it's going to be okay. Listen to him. Turn your voice away from the thief, the liar, the one that just wants to keep you enslaved to fear, to the one who died so you would be free and could walk as a son, not as a slave. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. 
The one who fears is not made perfect in love. It's not about your perfection, but it is about the growth and the revelation of his love for you, casting out fear. I really want to get practical right now about it because I'm a mom and I just need things to be really practical for me. (laughs) And many of you know my story. The way I got free from fear of being scared of the dark at night and being tormented was every night Initially, and many of you already know this story, you know, I, I, being the expert at casting out demons, I prayed every prayer I could pray, quote every scripture I could quote, blood of Jesus on the door, rebuking every demon. I don't know. I, I just, I did it for a while, and even though I was exhausted, I still couldn't sleep. But that verse, his perfect love, casting out fear, landed on me that I have a father that loves me. And so I would say that every night. I would just lie in bed, and the fear was shouting so loud, y'all. It was so bad, the torment, the crazy thoughts in my head. And I would just lie in bed, and I would say, I have a father, a real father who loves me. He loves me more than I can imagine. He's right here taking care of me. He's protecting me right now. No one can hurt me because my father's, like, right here, and he loves me. That was it. And then all of a sudden it would leave and I could sleep. Sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night with a bad dream. I have a father who loves me. He loves me so much. I'm his daughter. He's protecting me. I'm a good girl that he loves so much. He's right here. Everything's okay because he's right here. And I could go to sleep. And before long, I really don't, I can't tell you the exact time, it just broke. And that, that, again, breaking up with that fear, I just knew I had a good father who loved me at night, was taking care of me, and I can sleep at night now without fear, you know. So then my daughter, Tessa, who gave me permission to share this story, she was about eight, nine years old, and she started having fear about Um, at bedtime, I mean, so much fear, and she just couldn't sleep, and she couldn't relax, and I was like, (laughs) good, good for you, you have a mom who's an expert on fear, you know, like, I just was like, I I know how to help you, honey, and so I, 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 I tried all my best stuff, you know, I did all the, the prayers, the healing, told her this story, had her say the prayer with me, and it, it was, it wasn't working, so just, just so you know, um, And this is the reason why, is fathers are about relationship. (laughs) They're about relationship. So he knows my daughter so well. He knows what her heart needs. And it doesn't mean that it has to be exactly the same. That's the difference between us and sorcery and witchcraft, y'all, is they practice incantations and recitations like recipes, and we're following a father who's speaking to us. And we can listen to him. And we're in relationship with him. Yes, it's based on the word of God. There's nothing weird. We test it. That's our value here, right? Yes, it's based on the nature of Jesus Christ. But it's his voice. So I I realize, okay, Nikki, lay down your, even your good experiences and your extreme knowledge on how to be free from fear. And listen to the father's voice. And I didn't get anything, to be truthful with you. I just kept praying, and I didn't hear anything. And then one Sunday, Steve shared a message on giving thanks and how he gives thanks every night. And, you know, when you listen to messages, you can hear God's voice. And I was like, "Uh, maybe 
we should try that. So I said to Tessa that night, I was like, hey, um, you know that message today, you know, Pastor C said about giving thanks. You want to try it? That poor little girl, she's like, sure. I made her try so much stuff. She's like, sure. We'll give it a whirl. And so she just very simply, I actually have a sweet recording of it. Don't worry. I'm not playing it this morning. Um, <laughs> she's just like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my mommy. Thank you for my daddy. Thank you that you love me. Thank you for the angels. And just anything, just anything. She just started giving thanks. And then all of a sudden she's like, I'm good. And she went to sleep. So she did this night after night, just like what I did. And that was it. She was like giving thanks. And at that moment, I realized in the core of my soul, giving thanks is not about being polite. Giving thanks is a gateway. She wasn't using good manners with Jesus. She was entering into a different realm than the one she was experiencing. Giving thanks is a gateway. So for some of you right now, to break up with fear might mean to give thanks. Some of you, it's revelation that the Father loves you. This past week when I said, okay, Jesus, how do you want me to disengage with fear? Could you put up the Psalm 23 slide? It was this passage. And so we're going to just do this really quick right now. There is power present in the room to experience his love. He is the good shepherd who loves you. He's the good father. When he said shepherd, he was really talking about all the characteristics of him being a good dad. And so what I do is sometimes with scripture, this is just one of many that, that I'll use, which one, Lord, is the revelation of you that I can turn my focus to to break up with the fear of the thief, right? So for me this week, it, it was the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And that's all I meditated on, and it was done. He's my shepherd, and that settles it. Everything I ever could need or want, he's my shepherd, and he knows. And it's going to be okay, Nikki. So could someone play keys real quick? This is it. This is my message. We're going to do it right now. Of Just look at this right now. Jesus. Let's enter into revelation of him. There's something that just, what I tell people is, like, what jumps out to you right now? It's what he wants to do. I, I specifically saw confusion leave because you looked at this verse, you looked at him, and it just left, right? And what, I, and what you do is you just continue to cling to that and meditate on it. I also saw some parents in the room that were concerned about their kids. And I just saw the Lord say, you're going to begin clinging to the promise that he loves them more than even you do. That was a hard for me to wrap my mind around. But it's true. That his rod and his staff are with them. And even if they're in a dark place, he's with them. There's no shadow he won't light up. No mountain he won't climb up. Coming after them. And that what this is going to do is it's going to shift something for you as a parent or for you as a leader right now where you can look at Jesus and you can begin prophesying into light and life instead of being crippled by the fear. Yeah? Thank you, Jesus. 
if your mind is getting swirly right now, you can't even focus on the verses, start giving thanks. Just start whispering, Lord, I thank you. Thank you that I'm here. Thank you that you love me. Even if you don't feel it, it's okay. It's a gateway. You'll start feeling it as you begin entering in. And I just release right now the light of Jesus right now into every situation. There's this light coming into dark places. Turn on the light right now. Light come, darkness go. Yeah, I can see it. I can literally see it. Like there's light falling on your faces. Countenance. The light has come. Darkness cannot overcome it. You are not a victim. You're a son. You're a daughter. You are not a slave. Whatever the news report is today, you are not a slave to it. It is not your master. Whatever circumstance you are, you are not a slave. You have the dignity of a son and a daughter. You are the beloved son in whom he is well pleased. You are the beloved daughter in whom he is well pleased. This is not something you're striving for. This is who you are. And he has set his love upon you. And the peace of heaven like a dove is descending now to manifest his favor and life upon your mind, your soul, your whole being. We are the sons of da and daughters. We are the sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Hmm, thank you, Jesus. Can our ministry teams come up? If you need specific prayer, I called, I, I called a friend this week and just said, hey, I can feel this in my soul right now. Like, and she did, she just prayed with me and it just, but rest in this yeah I just bless you may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord turn his face upon you may the light of his presence just light upon you be gracious to you and give you peace in Jesus name Let's, let's stay here for a second. I, I want to invite you, if this is really hitting your heart, I feel like there's, we already, we already ran through the Red Sea, right? But I think there's more specifically in the area of fear. If you need breakthrough from this, I just want to invite you to fill the front. And we're going to worship. We're actually going to sing, I am no longer a slave to fear. And we're going to declare this because we're not going to leave this room as slaves to fear. We're going to leave the room knowing our identity as sons and daughters who serve a king named Jesus who conquered all fear. So if that's you, I just want to invite you. And Justin's going to sing this. 
and we're just gonna sing this out. I am no longer, like, this needs to be your declaration right now. I am no longer a slave to fear. I'm not gonna partner with fear. I'm not gonna partner with what the world says I should partner with. I'm gonna partner with what Jesus is saying. I'm gonna partner with what Jesus is doing as a son and as a daughter of the King. We are no longer slaves. And I wanna invite, let's just, our ministry teams, our staff, can we just pray over those that are up here and let's just, just lay hands and just, just begin to pray with them as we, as we do this. Come on, the Father is saying you're not a slave, you're a son. You're a daughter in Christ who has seated you in heavenly places. Some of you, you need to make that declaration. You need to say, I am a daughter of the King of Kings. I am a son of the King of Kings. So you need to come out of agreement with places that you've agreed with fear. Places that you've made agreements. And we step in and we say, I am a son and I am a daughter of the King. And his name is Jesus and he conquered it all on the cross. When Jesus rose from the grave, he conquered death once and for all. It is finished. He didn't say it's only finished sometimes. He said it's finished. It's done. It's done. So let's sing, let's sing this. I'm no longer slave to fear. Come on. I'm a child of God. I am a child. God, yeah, I'm no longer a slave to fear, and I am a child of God, and I'm no longer a slave to fear. I refuse to partner with fear, and I am a child of God child of God. And I'm no longer a slave to fear. Come on. And I am a child of God. And I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. And I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear, and I am a child of God. Ooh, come on. I'm a child of God. Ephesians says that we are children of light. 
Paul in Ephesians, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That word enlightened in the Greek, in the original language, actually means to be filled with light. I pray that the eyes, that your heart would be filled with the light that is Jesus, that is the Holy Spirit within you. So, Lord, right now, we release light into dark situations. We release the light. We release the light. I just hear him saying, open up and let the light in. Open up and let the light in. Let's do that part. I am surrounded. Come on. Make this declaration. By the arms of the Father. Fears are drowned in perfect love. 
I just see the Lord blessing us. So remember, like, the Israelites, they left Egypt. They came to a hard place. They panicked. Let's go back to slavery. And then he splits the sea. They keep going. They go past the sea. They're in the wilderness. There's no food. They panic. Let's go back to slavery. And then he provides them food. They get to the promised land. They've come so far. And they're like, let's choose a leader. Let's go back to slavery. And he's like, no. When we bump up against this stuff, guys, remember, the mode is not go back. The mode is look up and see your father. The mode is what is the shepherd saying? The mode is give thanks. Because we're breaking up with fear. We are not slaves. We are the sons and the daughters. We have inheritance and power and love and a sound mind to think his thoughts, to feel his feelings, to live according to power and love and not the dictates of an abusive thing called fear. And remember to live this out with kindness. This is a relationship message about you and your father. This is not about you and the person that you're like, well, you just need to get break up with fear. That's not what this is. This is a very personal message for you. I have never gotten free from fear by someone looking at me going, well, just, just get over it. So embrace this as a son and daughter and see the way it brings life and healing into your circumstances, into your homes, into every sphere of influence. The light is here and his name is Jesus and the darkness could not overcome you. You gave your life freely, Jesus, and you overcame even death and the grave, period which means only you have the final answer. And that's what I bless you with tonight. Increasing revelation of the love of the Father and the ownership that a baby step in him is a big step. Don't belittle your growth in Jesus. If I could go back and talk to my 22-year-old self, I would say, so glad you're giving up your fear about dish dishes. Don't give up. Don't ever give up in the journey of growing in love. Remain in his love. Remain in Jesus. Oh, and you will bear much fruit.